Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast about love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak, and I have an embarrassing confession to make. I used to be terrible at breakups. Like, truly, truly bad. After my two biggest breakups of my 20s, I pined over my exes for months and months. I couldn't move on. I couldn't even imagine myself without them. So I tortured myself. I stalked them on social media. I tried to manifest us getting back together. It was really desperate and pathetic and painful. I was a girl who needed an Amy Chan in my life. So for anyone out there who is in a breakup or even maybe it's been years since your breakup, I'll tell you this, if you are still blaming your ex, psychoanalyzing your ex, waiting for your ex to give you closure, uh, hoping for your ex to change. You are still in a relationship with your ex. I don't care how long it's been. It could have been years, it could have been a decade. And you're just in a relationship with someone who's not in a relationship with you. So the sooner you can shift your focus and your energy on what they're doing, what they're not doing, analyzing, pathologizing them, and focus on you and what you need to move forward to create the life and relationship that you want, you're just gonna be stuck there. Amy's totally right. For a while, I was stuck. But then I had an epiphany that completely changed my perspective on trying to make bad relationships work. I was driving my car on my cell phone, begging this fuckboy to be my boyfriend after I'd already broken things off with him once. And I got pulled over. I got a cell phone ticket from the LAPD. And I literally kept this fuckboy on the phone with me as the officer was questioning me and writing my ticket. I mean, it was shameless. And if we're keeping it real, it wasn't a ticket from the LAPD. I mean, it was, but really it was a ticket from the self-esteem police. Because as I was sitting there holding the ticket, the epiphany was instant. Girl, you need to learn how to move on. Instead of months or years of angsty dragging my feet and obsessing over an ex, I made myself promise I would stop dwelling on it immediately. And what's funny is I actually met my now fiance that same night. Of course, we had a little journey to get to where we are now, but we've had a great relationship and I'm now happily engaged. And of course, relationships are ongoing work. And I hope not to be tested in this theory, but I'd like to think at least if I had to go through another breakup today, I would handle it much better. And part of that is a mindset shift. Breakups aren't just something you have to get over. 
they can be a catalyst for the most incredible changes in your life. And if you embrace a breakup as a chance to work on yourself and heal your trauma and discover your needs, you can use your breakup to uplevel your life in a way that very few things give you the opportunity to do. So I wanna help you reframe a breakup into something positive. And I wanna help you get over it and get on with it and get to the next level, baby. So I've enlisted the help of Amy Chan, who did exactly that with her own breakup. And in today's episode, we are gonna give you the ultimate breakup recovery guide. Here we go. Hi, my name is Amy Chan. I'm the founder and chief heart hacker of Renew Breakup Bootcamp. We take a scientific and spiritual approach to healing and rewiring the heart. I'm also the author of Breakup Bootcamp, The Science of Rewiring Your Heart. And I can't wait to talk about breakups and relationships with you. Well, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I'm engaged right now and I've been with my current partner for like six years. But prior to him, I was like the worst girl who (laughs) would go through breakups. I went through a couple mortifying breakups where I just did out of control shit. So I wanted to start with your breakup story and your kind of journey into this work. Yeah. I mean, I can relate. I've had some crazy revenge fantasies, but that's for another time. Um, So yeah, I mean, I... I was a relationship columnist for, now it's been like 12 years. And I started because love was the one area I just kept failing at. And I was like, if I could just understand the science behind Mm -hmm. it, then maybe I won't get rejected and dumped all the time. And (laughs) I finally found myself in what I thought was a healthy relationship. And I was on my path to happily forever after. And to me back then, that meant date, get married, have children. I would write on the side for fun. He would be the breadwinner. And that's just the the dream I knew. And after a couple of years together, that relationship fell apart pretty abruptly and dramatically. And I have based so much of my identity in him and us that without that, I just had no idea who I was. And I mm-hmm. broke. I completely broke. And I spiraled into depression. It was really dark. And as I climbed out of that and I tried everything to heal, uh, and it took me a good while of time, I realized that I was just a few decisions away from doing something completely destructive. And I thought, what what happens to those people who don't have friends who will let yeah. them stay, you know, them stay on a couch and know what books to read or or things like that. And I was like, I need to create something for these people, a place where they can get away. It's beautiful. It's in nature. And they're getting that special type of expertise that deals with a broken heart. And that's how Breakup Bootcamp was born. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I was like, this is genius. You know, when you're like doing destructive things or continuing contact with this person or just like in a bad place, (laughs) a post breakup, that's exactly what you need is just to totally break out of your patterns and figure out like your identity again. Yeah, yeah. So what does Breakup Bootcamp consist of? So we took a scientific and spiritual approach to healing the heart, and we bring in a team of experts. There's 10 of us from psychologists, behavioral scientists, sex therapists. We even bring in a dominatrix who has a PhD from Berkeley who teaches on the psychology of power dynamics. Because I'd say the common thing 
everyone who comes to break up bootcamp has is they're typically pretty empowered in other parts of their life, their career or their friend groups. But when it comes to their relationship while they were in it or afterwards, they're completely disempowered. And so we really dig into what is the psychology behind why these things happen and how can we start shifting those things? And people come because they're like, I'm here to get over my ex, but they find out at the end, it's never just about the ex, it's recycled pain. And there's typically a lot of patterns from codependency to love addiction to anxious attachment that have been kicking around for decades before this person. So we focus our programming on what are those patterns and those beliefs and shifting those so that they don't just repeat the same emotional experience just with someone else. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that breaking out of those patterns is like why I was able to get into a relationship that actually lasted, you know, but it took me like several breakups of being like, oh, I'm doing this again. Oh, I'm doing this again. And then finally being like, no, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to stop doing it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned recycled trauma. What do you learn from doing this work. I mean, it's like childhood shit a lot of the time, right? For sure. And I think the one thing I have people take a look at is we have them actually map out the data of their past relationships. So they actually have like a worksheet and they have to look at the last three people they were romantically involved with. And some of these aren't even real relationships. They're situationships. You know, those right. off and on things. You don't really know where you stand that can sometimes go on for years. And they look for, they just put in data points from how did they look? What were their personality traits? What were the main emotions that kept coming up? And then they look for the patterns. And when you look at the emotional experience, there's typically a few that are across the board. So maybe one is anxiety, maybe one is resentment. And if you look at the emotional experience that's repeating, that's the key data, right? Because a lot of the times people are confused. Like I know for me in my 20s, I only dated DJs. And then in my 30s, I only dated tech entrepreneurs. I was like, oh, there's no pattern here. <laughs> but I was constantly like pining for their time, editing myself to be perfect, hoping they would choose me out of everyone else. And so the emotional experience was the same, even though they looked totally different, mm -hmm. they had totally different professions. And so that's where we can start understanding well, what is the actual pattern? Where did it come from? And what are actionable steps you can do to start shifting them? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, privates. Boo, boo, privates with penises. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Our sponsor, Fleshlight, can help you reach new heights with your self pleasure. And that is because Fleshlight is the number one selling male sex toy in the world. And they don't just leave you hanging over there. At Fleshlight, you can explore sex toys with expert guides and advice, especially if you're a beginner or you're looking to level up. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know how I feel about self-pleasure and it is very, very good. And I definitely endorse using sex toys. I have a lot of fun with sex toys myself. So with the Fleshlight Girls series, you can embrace your wildest porn star fantasies with a different porn actress every night. 
what? With the variety of models, sensations, and intensities, you can live out limitless fantasies. And you can automate your fantasies with the universal launch that fits most Fleshlight products. With its innovative touch control system, just set the controls, sit back, and enjoy. And you have pleasure right in your hands. Your pleasure is in your complete control. And as the ultimate male pleasure device on the market, it's as versatile as you are. Anatomical, stamina building, vibrating, or made for couples, you name it. You define your luxury moment. And I just want to say, if you have any shame around sex toys, please don't. It is so much better than being weird with girls because you feel kind of desperate or whatever. Fleshlight just allows you to chill out, wait for the right girl when she comes, and in the meantime, you know you are going to be getting yours and having a good time. So you don't even have to sweat it. And right now, Fleshlight is offering Private Parts Unknown listeners 10% off your order with our code PRIVATE10. So you just go to ppupod.com. That's the website, ppupod.com. You click Fleshlight and you use the promo code PRIVATE10 to get 10% off your delicious new device. Again, that is ppupod.com and enter code PRIVATE10 and it really helps support the show. It helps support yourself and your own sex drive. So go ahead and use the link in the episode description. We can all be horny together. We can keep this podcast going. So get yourself a flashlight and get yourself off. You know, one of the things that I learned when I was trying to put myself back together was about attachment styles and how that plays in. And even though, you know, my parents were still together, in some ways I didn't see conflict modeled a lot. And I wound up, I think for definitely a period of my life, being very anxiously attached. Can you kind of speak to how that plays into how you act post breakup. <laughs> yeah. So attachment theory explains that by the age of around two years old, we develop an attachment system, which will pretty much determine how we relate romantically as adults. So the attachment style that we have with our primary caregiver then transfers onto our romantic partner when we're older. And there's three main types. They're secure, meaning they're not afraid of intimacy. They're also not codependent. They can move through conflict and they report the highest levels of satisfaction and connection in their relationships. Then there's avoidant attachment style. They have a deep fear that intimacy and when someone gets a bit too close, it's going to take away their freedom and their autonomy. Often this comes from children who had a parent who was very smothering, controlling, or actually just didn't meet their needs at all. And so the Mm -hmm. child learns at a very young age, pre-verbal, that, oh, I'm not going to get my needs met anyway. I better completely get it on my own. So they grow up kind of being like these islands, fiercely independent. And then there's anxious attach, which is what I am also uh, veer under. They fear abandonment and rejection. So they're hypersensitive to any cues that the connection might be at stake. And they typically had a primary caregiver that was inconsistent. So maybe they didn't read the cues properly. And sometimes they came and rushed to the child when the child was crying. Sometimes they didn't. So that baby who is very, you know, dependent on their caregiver, it becomes a matter of life or death. Am I going to get the needs I need or am I not? And so they grow up and they're just hypervigilant because to them, it's a matter of survival. Now, avoidant or anxious, they're two different sides of the same coin because 
I've noticed some of the literature kind of almost vilifies avoidance. Like there are these jerks right. and like they don't care, but really they didn't choose their attachment system. It's really about how safe we are with intimacy. And so unfortunately with breakups, anxiously attached because they tend to put a lot more of their identity and they need a lot more validation from their partners to feel safe. They get it the worst. So I would say at my breakup boot camps. It's probably 80 to 85% are veering anxiously attached. <laughs> that does make sense. Yeah. Okay. So if you're especially to the anxiously attached folks and you're going through this and you're like acting insane in ways that you would normally be very embarrassed about or just feeling insane, what are some of your tips for working through the pain and also just like not sabotaging yourself. <laughs> yeah, I get this whole feeling I'm crazy. I used to think that. And I think the very first thing is to understand what's going on with the brain. So they've done fMRI scans on the brains of those who are newly separated. And what they found was the part of the brain activated was the same part of a brain of a drug user feeding for their next fix. So mm -hmm. the conclusion is that after separation, you, you plunge into what's called primal panic, and you literally are like fiending for your fix. And you're fiending for those chemicals that you used to get, dopamine, oxytocin. So even though logically, you know, okay, we're broken up, your body doesn't. So your body's like, get me that hit of dopamine. And that's going to motivate you to text them, to try to get uh -huh. them back, to look at their Instagram stories. And so knowing that just helps you understand like, oh, I'm not going crazy. My body's actually just going through this chemical withdrawal. It will take some time to recalibrate. It's not going to be this intense forever. Uh, research shows six to eight weeks is when it kind of hits its peak and starts to subside. And second, know that when you're getting that come on, just check their Instagram or check mm -hmm. that new person they're dating, check their Instagram. That is your brain just saying, give me that hit of dopamine. So create a list of ways you can get these chemicals in a healthy way, exercising, being around friends, getting even uh, a Swedish massage will release some of those chemicals. So Ooh. create that list and go down that list before you go contact your ex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're saying six to eight weeks, but I feel like if you are doing those things where you're still kind of in contact and in the loop, like you, it takes even longer than that. So how do you feel about the quote unquote, no contact rule? <laughs> I feel very strongly about it. So another thing to understand about the brain is when you're with someone, you have neural pathways that have been wired together. So whether, you know, every time you had breakfast in the morning or those vacations to waking up with them, those are strengthening those neural pathways. And so after a breakup, if you continue to scroll down memory lane and look at their photos or you have breakup sex or you keep getting your emotional support from them, you're not allowing those old neural pathways to print away. So really, if you continue this contact until you stop, your breakup recovery doesn't really start until that ends. Yeah. Okay, so how do you cycle through to the letting go? So understand that grieving a breakup is a process which goes through different stages. And the stages mirror the stages of grief when someone's grieving 
the death of someone. And really, if you think about it, it kind of is. You're grieving not just the romance. You're grieving likely your best friend. You're grieving a part of your own identity. You're grieving this future that will never happen with this person again. There is a lot of grief and there are stages and these stages are normal. So it starts off with shock. This is really your body's way of protecting itself so you're not overwhelmed by the new reality. You feel really numb. Then it goes to denial where you're like, oh, maybe if only I did this. Oh, well, why don't we try therapy? Whatever it is, you just like won't accept that it's over. Mm -hmm. The quicker that you accept reality, then you move on to the next stages. It hits you uh, that it's over. You hit depression and it's situational depression where you're really sad because you miss a person. And then it gets into anger. Anger is actually a good thing because it shows that energy is moving and it typically launches you out of depression and plunges you into taking action. Okay, I got to start have a boundary. I have to go and work out. I have to do something. I got to go cut my hair, whatever it is. <laughs> After anger is a stage called bargaining, which is very much like denial, where you're like, the missing is so much. The withdrawal is so painful that you're like, you know, maybe it wasn't so bad. Uh, mm -hmm. We can make this work. And sometimes you'll go back again a couple times until you realize it's going to be the same result. You then go into what I call accountability, where the conversation starts to shift from they did this and they need to give me closure to like, I need to do this. I have to do this. I was also accountable for how this relationship was from the beginning to the end. And then it moves into acceptance where you're like, okay, this is over. I need to take steps to move forward. And acceptance doesn't mean you don't miss a person. You don't have residual feelings of sadness. It just means that you're not holding on to the past and this hope that it's gonna, you're going to get back together. And you can jump through the different stages and it might not be in order and that's also okay. But if you resist the stage by being like, I'm going to avoid my doing it, I'm going to drink myself out of it, it just prolongs your suffering even more. So, I mean, what do you find? Can people get back together with their ex? So I highly recommend if you want to get back together your ex, with your ex, give it at least 60 days. Because if you don't, you're basically making a decision while you're in a survivor state. And it's not going to be clear. You're making a decision because the missing and the pain is so much. And Missing someone is not a good enough reason to get back together with someone. You only want to get back together with someone if something is going to change. Is there something that's different? Maybe there's an action plan to do go to therapy, whatever it is. But if you're going back and it's just the same you, the same them, the same patterns, you're just going to go through another cycle of this. You're procrastinating your pain and you're going to have to deal with this blow up again. And so I would really recommend in those 60 days of just not having contact, really taking that time to create clarity, write a list of all the reasons why it didn't work. Because something that happens after breakup is our brain plays tricks on us and we tend to remember a lot of the positive things and we put them on a pedestal. And so reviewing the list of all the reasons why it didn't work can help get you back into reality. How do you feel about dating other people? Like when seems to be a good time when you're ready versus like avoiding your pain, basically? Yeah. So there's no such thing as you're healed, 
right? right. Like you get on Healed <laughs> Island and suddenly you can you can get in a relationship. But I think this is a very personal decision where you have to be really honest with yourself. So if you were to see your ex on a dating app or you're going to go out and you see them on a date and you would be absolutely destroyed and back into fetal position, dry heaving, you are not ready. The wound is still way too fresh, but there's a period of time where the wound starts to heal a bit and it's not this big fresh wound. And and if you were to see them on a dating app, you'd be like, oh, that kind of sucks, but you would be okay. Then that is a sign that the only way to know if you're ready is to actually give it a try and you go on a date and you need to really set your expectations that the first couple of dates you're going to go on you're not going to be blown away and be like, oh my gosh, this is my new person. It is really just for you to practice connecting again, practice being curious, practice being in relation with another person that's not your ex. And if you can temper your expectations and you go on the date, you're like, oh, like that wasn't bad. Like I had a good conversation. Amazing. Keep going. But if you go on a date and you're like the whole time you're comparing and you feel destroyed afterwards, again, that means give it a bit more time and focus on self-nurture before trying it again. Okay. Uh, Can you stay friends with your ex? I definitely think you can. I mean, the person that I, you know, the whole reason why I started Breakup Bootcamp, I'm really good friends with him. It took a long time though. It took a lot of space and time apart. How many years? I would say it took like five years. Okay. Yeah. We would see each other because we had mutual friends. And then eventually that charge just wasn't there we were able to have a coffee and then we just were able to hang out a little bit more and more and it's just it's not a romantic love but it almost feels like a familial love like Mm -hmm. I really love this person and he really loves me and he's married now and I'm in a relationship and we're so happy for each other and I think that's beautiful but not every single ex deserves a place in your present and future just because you had a history I mean I think that goes along the same for friends as well you have to decide like do you even like this person is there even enough alignment of values do they even treat you like a human in order for you to even see if you want to be friends. And if so, you have to make sure that there is time in between because you cannot go from intimate to platonic without a transition time. Yes. So I guess kind of lastly, what about friend breakups? I mean, sometimes those can be even more traumatic (laughs) and have you dealt with that personally or seen it in your business or have any thoughts on that? Yes, it's definitely an area for me that I need to grow and evolve because to be honest, I haven't been great with friend breakups. A lot of the times I did the slow fade. Yeah. And then the few times I decided to be honest with the person, it really backfired in my face and um, they took it really poorly. They made sure I was uninvited from group Mm -hmm. gatherings in the future. And so I'm really torn with, well, what is the right approach? And I would say now having done this a few times and have hurt people along the way, depending on how deep your friendship is, if it's a very close friend, I think having a conversation in person and telling them along the way, right? Like giving people an opportunity before you just hand them the memo. And I think that's what I did wrong is I just held up things. I didn't have those uncomfortable conversations Mm -hmm. until it hit a tipping point. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And Mm -hmm. so what I would do differently is like, let them know like, Hey, you know, when 
XXX, draw the boundary, draw the limit, give them an opportunity. And if they just can't listen and it's just like oil and water, it's just not fitting, then have the conversation and make that conversation more about yourself versus you did this and you don't do this. And it's like, I feel this and I feel like we've grown apart and it's a hard conversation. I know, but I think it's necessary. Yeah. Ooh, that's okay. Great Unless advice. you're dealing with a narcissist, then don't because it's going <laughs> to blow up in your face. So privates, I hope you are feeling newly empowered and not even thinking about your ex. Who is that? Who knows? It doesn't matter. We are just thinking about ourselves right now. Okay. That is the best thing that came out of my traumatic breakups of my late twenties and early thirties was just realizing that investing in myself was the best thing that I could do. And I got really serious about who I am and what I wanted and how I can get there. And it did take me to the next level. And that's why I am talking to you today and doing this podcast. So break a leg on your own breakup recovery. I hope this guide helped you get off to a good start. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Private Parts Unknown. To get notified of the latest Private Parts Unknown episodes, look down and make sure you're following the show on your favorite podcast player now. It's a little bell on Spotify or on most apps. It's like a follow or a subscribe button. To stay in touch between episodes, you can follow me at Courtney Kosak. That is K-O-C-A-K on Instagram and Twitter. And follow the show at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and at Private Parts Un on Twitter. Privates, I am shamelessly trying to hit the top 1% on OnlyFans. So if you are interested in a Playboy style peek behind the podcast, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans account. It is a very horny way to support the show. It's just onlyfans.com slash Coco Peep Show. Again, onlyfans.com slash Coco Peep Show. And I even do dick reviews. So if you are interested in a dick review, hit me up on OnlyFans. And of course, subscribe to our newsletter at privatepartsunknown.substack.com. There is a link in the description for that. And the Private Parts Unknown YouTube channel has been resurrected. It is back from the dead and it is popping off over there. So there are new videos with Gigi Engel, Dr. Amir Marashi, Multi Amory, Antonia Crane. So check it out. It is youtube.com slash private parts unknown. Again, youtube.com slash private parts unknown. And make sure you subscribe over there. It really helps us out in the algorithm. Shout out to Amy Rausch for the bomb-ass theme music. For more info about Amy and her music, check out amyrausch.com. That is Amy, R-A-A-S-C-H.com. This episode was mixed by my ride-or-die audio guy, Michael Castaneda of Plastic Audio. And after enjoying this content, could we ask you for a quick favor? Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash private and give us a five-star rating and review. We have had some lofty rating and review goals for the summer. We are trying to get to 350 on Apple Podcasts and 150 on Spotify. And if you could help us out, that would be amazing. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, just give us a five-star rating and review. And if you're listening on Spotify, just go to the upper left-hand corner of our page, click the star button, and then click all five stars. And you can help us out with this no matter where you are listening by going to ratethispodcast.com slash private. Again, rate this podcast.com slash private and they'll give you several 
options where you can rate and review the show and it makes us feel amazing and it helps other people find the show. And there's a new way that you can support the show. We are now on the Fountain app. So if you are listening on a V4V platform and you get value from this show, you can support us by sending us sats for streaming or sending a boostagram. You can even send a comment along with your boost. And those are my favorite messages to get because they come with a little bit of money. So thank you so much for sticking with me until the end. Until next time. Stay curious and keep exploring. Love you, privates.